Hi there, I'm Nick DeRosso, and welcome to Inside the Leadership Cryptex podcast, the show where I talk to business leaders and industry experts working in or in association with the property, real estate, and building industries. Now, to give you a little insight into what a Cryptex is, perhaps you've heard of the book by Dan Brown called The Da Vinci Code. Well, this is where the Cryptex made its debut as a portable vault used to hide secret messages. Therefore, Inside the Leadership Cryptex is an apt title for my podcast. Please join me for a fun, straight-talking and authentic chat with some super interesting people where I unlock the secrets to their career success, their ups and downs, their daily habits and the path that led them to where they are today. How do they balance their work, family relationships, physical and mental well-being and both personal and financial growth? I also uncover their goals for the future along with some industry commentary and insights. I really do hope you're able to take something useful away from the conversations. And now, on with the show. I am super excited about the episode we've got for you today, because we've got a really special guest, someone I've known for a very long time in the real estate and property industry. Mark Sinclair joins us. He is the Managing Director of Pendium Advisory, and Pendium are specialised rent roll and real estate business consultants. They're valuers and they're the only full service brokers for residential, commercial and strata transactions in Oceania. Now, Mark has grown this company significantly uh, since its days as Real Estimations, um, only the last year undergoing the uh, rebrand to Pendium Advisory. And through his leadership has grown the team to upward of seven people as it is today. So I'm really keen to chat with him about that as well. And look, involving an industry is no easy feat, but for Mark, in progress is always Come naturally, before founding Pendium Advisory, he owned his own successful agency and acted as the master franchiser of a national real estate group, exceeding growth in revenue upwards of 600 and 700% in offices locations over his eight-year tenure. Privy to a perspective only those who've lived the industry can understand, he developed a business that caters to the true needs of his peers, from working to preserve the value of assets in a transaction to advancing the strategic direction of those building a business in property management, Mark works to fill the gaps that general brokers are blocked by. Enthusiastic and considered and boundless in his care, Mark is invested in the outcomes of his clients, delivering a true payoff on years of dedication. An established thought leader and a strategic innovator, Mark is as much of an asset as the rent rolls he brokers, values and advises on. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. Great to have you on board. Thanks, Nick. I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity and look forward to having a chat with my old colleague. Oh, look, it's been a while. How, how long has it been since we first met? Was it, well, I think, 2010, 11? Oh, every year. So we're talking, we're talking, what, 13 or 14 years now. So, and, you know, we've had some great conversations over that time and obviously we've worked with you. Yes. Um, and we've seen our respective businesses grow and change. Yes, we um, So really, really appreciate the opportunity talking to you this morning. Oh, you're welcome. I, I think the first one was Allied. Um, you know, sadly, That's my right. dad got sick. We did that one. That was that was fantastic. That was welcome to your world at that point for me. Never done That's it before. Right. Um, we then moved on to Asset Edge, which I bought one for you. That's right. Uh, That's right. And then we merged with Ray White, and of which then we sold for you as well. That's right. So we've you've had, we've had a chance to work with each other regularly. I mean, that yeah. is quite regularly, Absolutely. and I think that's a testament to 
your businesses and where you've taken them and the and the and the growth path of your you and your family and business and obviously thank you for utilizing our services oh mate you're welcome i mean i feel like i'm talking to royalty of real estate here i mean you're, you're <laughs> you are the conduit between so many businesses you know now nationally which we'll get into that a little bit as well um yes. but look, Let's start off with how how it all came about because you've obviously got a very very you know long history in real estate. Um, I mean, we can jump back to the LJ Hooker days if you like, um, state yeah. manager. But yeah, what what happened? How did you get into that? Look, I, I I came into this by by default to some extent. I come from a strong franchising background, as you know. Um, and then before LJ Hooker days, I had a Roy Weston franchise. I was a board director of Roy Weston Group, and I've always had an interest, a far greater interest in the industry per se than running a real estate office. Yeah. Um, in fact, I look back on my days of running an office compared to so many people, and I think I did a pretty ordinary job. But I had a fascination of helping. How do these businesses actually work as businesses? So, and I, I picked a lot more of that up in my Rain and Horn days as a master franchise or, sure. and then when I sold that business back to the Rain family, I had to go on gardening leave for six months. And I thought, great, I'm retired. This is fantastic. <laughs> well, after about five minutes, I was nearly divorced. My wife wanted me out of the house. Yeah. So I helped I helped a friend in a rude, very rudimentary way um, put together the sale of a rent roll, and it was very basic. Yeah. What that I then did is spend a bit of time researching and realised there was nobody in Perth, and even poorly nationally, mm. that focused on packaging rent rolls, valuing rent rolls, and selling rent rolls. Um, so I went about and spoke with banks, I spoke with accounting firms, I researched who was currently selling these things, and saw a huge market whereby people inside the industry who had experience in running an agency, knew what the pitfalls were like to help other people sell these businesses. So fast forward, and that's eight or nine years ago now, um, full-time we've been running this. Um, we've now done over $700 million that's worth nice. of rent roll valuation, sales and consulting advice um, for over 600 businesses and for over 230,000 properties under management. Wow. God, that's something so, to be proud of. Well, it's 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 what it does do. Yeah, we are proud of what we've done, but like everybody in business, you work ridiculously hard to achieve that. And obviously, we've developed great processes and systems. More to the point, there's two things that come out of those stats. It goes to show how much necessity there is for it and also um, the sheer scale of the size of our industry, mm. whereby what started out as a part-time business for me because I was only making part-time money, so I was doing some other consulting work, um, we now have a staff of seven. That's amazing, um, amazing. So, because you actually was just yourself, um, and now we're talking back in the the we're, we'll talk about the name brand and change in a sec, but it was real estimations yeah. at that point in time. Um, Correct. And that's that's the whole uh, transactions we've done has been under that banner. So, so yeah. talk to me about the change of the brand, um, the reason why, and how you've basically gone from the team of yourself and and Lachlan, your son. Um, and Michelle, who I've met, which is great, to now seven, um, and there's uh, some amazing coups in some of the leadership team you've you've built. So, how did that come about? What was the reasoning? Look, we again, our business was getting more and more traction. There was people coming to us, and the name Real Estimations was sort of supposed to be a little bit of a tongue in cheek um, version of what we did. Mm. We realised that the brand, its image, and its and its messaging was to some extent confusing. Right. And um, and people didn't really know what we did. When you tried to explain it, it became really tongue-tied. It was long. It was laborious. 
um, people in the end said, oh, you must be the real estate, you're the real estate agents to the real estate industry, aren't you? And we've had people say that to us on more than one occasion. Yeah. And to some extent, there's, a, there's an element of truth of that, Nick. Um, but that's then morphed into what we are today. So we undertook a whole strategic review. Uh, we engaged a very major marketing firm out of Melbourne, and we definitely wanted them out, someone who was not in our core market. And we said, go away. This is who we are. This is what we do. Come back and give us a whole overview of what our messaging needs to be and a brand change. So the concept was born from that. And at that stage, there was just Lachlan, my son, who obviously heads our valuation side, which in itself is now a very technical process, which I'm happy to chat about in a minute. Yeah. And Michelle Pearson, who I've worked with on and off for 25 years, she's a highly experienced and very competent training uh, property manager mm. and has owned and managed substantial businesses, but is very technical around processes inside property management. So all of that, all of those things came together. And we identified that, that uh, Pendium Advisory was, in, was a, was a, a tongue-in-cheek of a compendium. Yeah. So if you appoint us to act for you, you've got a Pendium suite of services like you'd find in an old-fashioned Pendium. Yes. And I, I think that the byline of our company, uh, we're here to maximise the value of real estate businesses. People understand that. So we, our business maximises the value of real estate businesses. Yeah, fantastic. I love it. And and yeah, credit to Lachlan and Michelle when we worked together. They were fantastic. You know, they're definitely very supportive. They understand. I mean, Michelle is a wealth of of information and knowledge in property management. And ultimately, that's the asset of the business, isn't it? You yeah, know? that's it. And and she's a guru at, at assisting people in like what you've been through. Mm, exactly. So talk to me about now, you've also got on board um, James Alexander, um, ex-Macquarie, don't mind saying that, I've met him, lovely bloke. Um, yeah. I know why you've done that and I think it is mind-blowingly logical to do that, um, but talk me through that with the addition of the finance department. Well, James is a really great lateral thinker. He's highly regarded. He's got excellent knowledge around real estate businesses, even though he's he's a banking executive. Mm. He's probably got more knowledge inside real estate businesses than an awful lot of accountants, lawyers, and everything along those lines. So he's bringing a whole different suite of experience to our business. Because one, one of the things where our business is really growing is the sophistication around a business, not just a rent roll, around the business. Yeah. So James is running our advisory business, which is a which is a um, which is a, a part of our business, Nick, whereby people effectively engage us to work with them over a one, two, and three-year period, and they want to exit over a period of time. So we're doing a lot of work inside those businesses to set them up to sell in the future. And what we're doing, and we've got our first test case, which I was lucky enough to do before James actually came on board, um, we've actually just achieved for the first time we've ever done it. We've sold the business as a going concern um, where we've received the full price for the rent roll and then we've been able to get the buyer to pay three times EBITDA for the sales division. So, and that's a really interesting case study and that's a very big part of where we see the advisory service and the way the industry is going and having James drive that in conjunction with the finance division inside our business, and as well as um, doing some work in Adelaide and establishing our Adelaide market. He's a very busy guy. Mm. Interestingly, we had a coffee the other day, and I said, he's been with us six months. And I said, so how's it going? How, how do you feel that, you know, how are you going with it? And he said, I had no idea. 
it'd be this complex to do a transaction on a rent roll, which everyone he said, I thought you just listed it and you found the buyer and happy days and oh yeah, um, I wish. <laughs> and you and I know that's not the case because you've been through it. Yeah. We spend a big part of our time trying to educate people. This is a two-stage process. It's marketing, three stage, set of valuing, that's four stages, valuing, marketing, finding the buyer. And once we've found the buyer, the heavy lifting then starts to convert, changing the assets from the seller to the buyer. Wow. And so you've basically now, not only are we talking about the asset of a rent roll, you've you've now created this opportunity to add value of the sales department, which ordinarily is unheard of. It, 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 that's correct. And there's a process which will take, we think, three years to do it. It's a case yes. of resetting re their financial profit and loss accounts. Um, and working with them on a very tight arrangement. In fact, I've got a new client at the moment who said, oh, look, I can't, I'm too busy to be able to redo all the finances. I said, he said, I'm just too busy. And I said, well, there's no point in us carrying on our consulting work because if you aren't committed to doing that, I'm not waiting for the end of the financial year to review what you did this financial year. I said, mate, you've got to have skin in the game. It's yeah. going to hurt. Um, basically jump in, get it done, and you'll get the results. But don't start acting like a salesperson. Start acting like a guy that's got a saleable asset. Because yeah. right now, all you've got is a red roll. Terrific. Now, he's got a business that turns over a lot of money yeah. um, and a uh, good operation. But that's the future where we see a lot of businesses going is down that path. Fantastic and great advice. So, Mark, this, as you and I both know, being business owners, you spend a lot of hours in fact, I don't even know if there's any more hours to do anything other than work, really, and especially with what you do. And I know we, you and I have spoken on the phone and like the phone calls could be just like two minutes and they're gone, you know. Yeah, so how, yeah. what is it that keeps you still invigorated, inspired, you know, to do to do what you do? I know it's your business and that's great, but there's still opportunities where you just go, oh, this is too hard, you know. So what keeps you going? We were talking off air before we started about the time you start, which is pretty similar to me. So share, share that with me. Mm -hmm. I'm, look, I'm, um, and what's interesting is that I have a milestone birthday coming up in a few months. I'm coming up for 60. No. And I love this business, what it does, where it's going, and how it helps people. And I think that's a really big part of our mantra. Yeah. Um, we've got a, inside our business, we've only got a staff of seven, which is small compared to a lot of what our clients have. Mm. But we are absolutely committed in inside our own business to have a great culture, have great communication, have great buy-in, and I have very high respect for what my team can bring to the table. Mm. It's not about Mark Sinclair being a consultant. It's about a team of like-minded people. What does that look like? It looks like a near 60-year-old guy that gets up at a quarter to five every morning, um, has, has a double-shot coffee and does one or three things. Um, we have a very a giant dog. He's 65 kilos that likes to go for a walk at that time of the morning or I go for a walk around the river or my, my passion, of course, is the bike. Yeah. Um, I'm an avid cyclist and that is my thing to unravel. Um, and people think, oh, you're crazy and you do it and stuff, but that's my thing. Um, typically, and because we've got a lot of them, I, I basically look after most of the clients in Sydney. So I'm usually available at work for Sydney clients from effectively 9am Sydney time yep. because of daylight saving time, I work at six o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, but the other side of that is by about two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm fairly cooked. Um, <laughs> but I will then, I will then have, I'll actually then stop for around an hour. Um, and then I, I'll start to work with my team on things in the WA side um, that need that need my input. But the team's fairly self-sufficient. Yes. But one of the things that's fascinating, and you and I are very much in this space, um, 
when you're at a certain age, clients of our age like to deal with people of our age. Yeah. And that's one of the things that elements of our role requires the old grey hair. Yes. And there is that um, instant uh, recognition or comfort yes. um, when you're dealing with clients that certain clients wanted. But to, to Lachlan and Michelle's credit, they do run an awful lot of clients now that I have no involvement with. Mm-hmm. But there are certain clients that want the, uh, the grey hair. Yes. Um, or the fact they assume that I've been around forever, which obviously I have. But it's really my legacy, my legacy when I pass this business to my team and when I can put my hand on my heart and knowing why I do what I do, I want to help people in our industry enjoy the benefits and lay pass on a great legacy to who they sell to. It breaks my heart when people ring me up and go, mate, I've got 180 managements, I'm burnt out, I'm tired. Um, just get me out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, 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 we do that all the time, and it's very sad. And we do that to help people, but we want a business that is able to work with our clients. And we're not suggesting that every client's going to have a business that's worth five, six, seven, or ten million dollars. No. Our role is to help those businesses achieve what they can out of it, not what we want them to do. Exactly. No, and look, I, I. Totally agree with what you've said. I mean, you've helped us you know, immensely over the course of, you know, the three transactions, you know, and for whatever those reasons are, and no different to selling a house, it's the reasons are always different. It's just understanding what they yeah. are. And to your credit, you do that tremendously well. Um, <clears throat> throughout your career, who who's someone that you've looked up to and admired that's probably like, like you know, with me, it was my dad. Um, you know, yeah. who, who is it for you that you may still be able to reach out to that just keeps you grounded gives you that bit of advice someone that purple circle or cone of silence that you can actually talk to it's, it's a great question in my early days in franchising i was lucky enough to uh, work for a guy by the name of graham cook mm-hmm. graham cook was the ceo of lj hooker when lj hooker was in the early days of being the pioneers of great real estate franchising right. um graham was the toughest hardest nastiest son of a bitch god put on this earth but had a heart of a lion, had the integrity of, of a bear. He was amazing. And I was terrified of him. I used to tell him that. Um, I used to tell him that. And and I said, Graham, I fight with you because you remind me of my dad. And he used to laugh. <laughs> and then when I when I left LJ Hooker, he actually um, tore up my resignation three times. And ultimately, when I left and did some other things and came back to the world of franchising and bought the master franchise for Rain and Horn, mm. you know, he was absolutely instrumental in assisting my 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 ability to buy that business um, because of the words that he shared with Max Rain, the, pre, the previous mm. chairman of Rain and Horn. So I found Graham a giant. In fact, when he retired, I still remember sending him an email and said, Graham, Congratulations, you've been an amazing coach and mentor in my life. And I said, I have to tell you that you were the hardest bastard I ever worked for because he liked to be spoken to like that. Yeah, yeah. And he wrote me back and he wrote back and he put me with a question mark. He said, I'm just a butterfly. <laughs> and from there, of all people, but then we fast forward several years and Graham left a very lasting legacy. And he, he used to have a little plaque on his desk and I never understood it for probably 10 years post me leaving. Profit. Uh, profit is was it? Um, profit is a beautiful word. And 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 now I'm really in, a, a, around that. Mm. The next probably most influential person, and this will surprise some people who watch this, and I spend a fair bit of time with him, is Josh Vegan. Is that now, right? 
Yeah, Josh and I go back to when Josh first started on the talk, the lecture tour and yeah. the speaking tour. Now, I first met him back in the Rain and Horn days, and I clearly remember, this is true, Nick, I thought, who's this kid? He, my arms were folded. My body language was like, who are you, mate? You look about four. What do you know about anything? Why am I wasting my time? And anyway, by the end of the hour, okay, I was paying attention yeah. and I was sitting up. And, you know, I really, he's been very helpful in providing advice. He's been highly critical of areas inside our business, um, of what we've needed to change. He's very, he's probably one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Mm. He has a photographic memory and he's given me unbelievable insights into where he thinks our service offering can get better. And um, ironically, I'm having dinner with him uh, next Saturday night. Amazing. And um, we don't catch up as much because our travel plans don't always match up and he, we are both travelling a lot. Mm. But um, that working association with Josh at this level has been going on for five years. Fantastic. Um, and then my final mentor, whose name I won't mention, is a guy that he's a, as a, probably one of the smartest self-made property people I've ever met. Um, he's held the roles in, in held very major roles um, in major corporations after he made an obscene amount of money. And then his last role, believe it or not, and this is this is how clever people are. Australian guy based in Singapore, running a major national property company, retired to move back to Australia for his kids. Um, no joke society, which people will laugh. He met George Pearl at a worldwide sustainability council um, conference. And within six weeks, was working for the Vatican, advising them on a piece of land outside of Rome. Wow. Now, that guy has always been like my older brother. Mm. And it's very interesting. Now, he is a very smart, strategic thinker. It's very interesting. When he told him we were changing brands, he said, thank Christ. He said, I've hated real estimations ever since I heard it. <laughs> and he said, why I didn't didn't want him. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've, had, I've been fortunate enough to have... Three really good mentors. Two are still around. Fantastic. What what, what is that saying? They say that you are a um, um, I can't even remember the, the term now. But the people around you basically create who you are, and it sounds like yeah. you've got some fairly significant and influence, or certainly had, um, and still do. People around you now, which is a credit. Mark, tell me about a time throughout, um, and let's just stay with Pendium, where. Look, you know the ebbs and flows of real estate and the ups and downs, mm. what have you. Where you, there was a point where you're thinking, okay, this is this is going to be bad. It's going to be hard. And and what you did, what sort of your mindset was, and you know, one of those times where you just had to knuckle down and do it. And it's easy. I feel like sometimes us old blokes seem to have that resilience and um, fortitude to go through. And a lot of people are going to hate me saying that, but it's that's how I feel. You know, and to knuckle down and do it. So, was there ever a time that you just felt this is there's no light, the tunnel is just keeping on going? And how did you get out of it? You know, that's a really good question, and it's a very thought provoking question. And I can tell you exactly when that light bulb moment was. January two thousand and twenty-two, mm -hmm. um, last year, um, when was it twenty one? When WA was just coming out of COVID, so it was January last year, I think. Um, as you know, we live in the Iron Curtain, um, and we were living in an Iron Curtain behind an Iron Curtain. Yes, and of course. So much of our business had been we built up on the on the east coast because that's where our business was always structured to grow because of the size of the market. Right. So we were in lockdown, and of course we were missing out on major opportunities because I couldn't get over there. I couldn't go over there unless I wanted to stay for months on end, which I wasn't prepared to do. 
So I said to my wife, Erin, who is um, another mentor, uh, she's one of my leaders. <laughs> and um, she... Well placed. <laughs> she said to me, she said to me, I said, I'm going to go down to Albany and spend five days and just do some planning and think about what what you, what you I'm going to do. And she said, no, you're not. She said, you're going to get off your ass. You're going to go to Sydney. She said, you're going to stay there. She said, I don't care if you stay for three months. She said, you've done all the heavy lifting. She said, get back over there and do what you're good at. Yeah. But prior to that, I was thinking, well, where are we going? Is COVID going to really decimate our industry? Am I potentially looking at, I've spent five years and I've built all this IP and I've got everything going here. Is it all going down the toilet? Um, you know, I started to realise that things could have been, had COVID, as we all know, could have been significantly worse. Yeah. Um, and we were all in it together. It wasn't, obviously, our small business was in it, like everyone else's business. But I was very concerned that it might be the end of the, end of the road. And then Erin said, I don't care if you have to go for three months. She said, just go. Go and do what you're good at. And um, I had another – I heard an expression once from a a very prominent man that owns a very big real estate group, and it's something that we all try to. And he said, you know what? I try in life to foster great relationships. And he said, we don't always succeed, but he said it's worth trying. And I thought, what a great mantra. mantra." Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So – as a consequence of that, we've got back on the bike and I spent a lot of time. Effectively now, I spent two weeks in Sydney and one week in Perth. But we're at a slightly different stage on a personal level. Our kids are older. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're not at home. So there's two and a half of us. Um, Asher, our daughter's home occasionally, and we've got the giant dog. Yeah. Um, so so we've got a, we've got a, we've even set ourselves up. We've got a smaller home. It, we can lock and leave. We've got no bound. We've got no garden to worry about. So our, our life is now geared around the opportunity. And we've got some very exciting things happening to take this business and provide a high level of service to, to the industry over the next two to three years, which I think is going to be quite game-changing, wow. um, stuff that's never been done before. Well, mate, we let, before we, we wrap it up, tell me um, something I'd like to know is where do you feel in two minutes or less we're heading with the market right now? Interest rate rises keep coming. We haven't had the opportunity to even feel them yet, and the reserve belts us with another one. Um, what is your take? You're really in the middle of the main players in in the country in property, which is other than building, one of our biggest industries. What are your thoughts? Uh, interest rates are going to cause more pressure for investors, um, and there'll be further investors sell their investment stock um, if rate rises do continue. If the predicted three more come. We're seeing an acute housing shortage in regards to new investment stock coming onto the market. There's going to be pre- sustained pressure on rents across the country, um, lower levels of, of, in, of, of people. The problem we've got in across most markets, people aren't selling their homes because there's nothing for them to move up down to or scale down to. So as a consequence, people are sitting on the fence. Listings are tight. As a consequence, agents are fighting for the listings and, of course, fees are coming down. We see further consolidation and contraction in the industry. Um, and as we've been saying for the last three to four years, we see business, small businesses of rent rolls of under 250 actually unsustainable um, over the longer term. And we now, our modelling, our modelling for a business to be successful from a scale, minimum 400 managements to be able to um, scale across all markets. Gee whiz, that is a big jump in less than five years when you and I spoke about it before. Wow. Definitely. Yeah. Just one thing I will leave you with, and this is to, to add to that, um, 63% of all valuations we've done in the last two years have been for rent rolls of 250 managements or less. Mm. Of those 63%, 
78% of them are no longer in business. Oh, that's scary and very sad stats. Unbelievable. There you go. Mm. But it has been an absolute pleasure, Mark, um, other than our, our history together to have you on board with this, um, to share your time because I know how busy you are. Um, before we go, who, where can people find you if they want to have a chat with you? Where's the best place? Thanks, Nick. The best place is through our website at penhimadvisory.com.au mm-hmm. and also my mobile's 24-7-0412-902-793. Fantastic. I will put them in the bottom of the notes uh, when we put the show up. Uh, again, mate, thank you so much, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, we could talk all day. We really could. But yeah, we uh, could. You've, you've, you've given us some great insights um, and I really appreciate your time. So thank you so much. Thanks, Nick. I really appreciate the opportunity. See you. Cheerio. See you, mate. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm truly grateful and hope you got value out of it. If you did, please share it around and tell somebody else and help us bring this amazing information to others. If you know of anyone you think could add value to the show, please feel free to get in touch. I'd love to learn about them. Today's episode is brought to you by Sunel Recruitment. I am the founder and director of Sunel Recruitment. We are your personnel partners for amazing talent in the property, real estate and building sectors. If I can help you in any way, please get in touch at the contact details in the show notes. And remember, we can all learn so much from each other if we just learn to help each other. I'm Nick DeRosso. See you next time.